Welcome to the Sustainable Clinical Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Sarah Smith. I am a practicing rural family physician and the charting coach. This is the podcast for physicians and advanced practice providers who are ready to step back from the busyness of their clinical day to share ideas, question everything, and redesign their clinical day. We are redesigning clinical medicine to create sustainable clinical days and create time for our lives outside of medicine. Join us for discussions with world experts who are helping design sustainable models of clinical medicine and the physicians or clinicians who have discovered or designed sustainable models of clinical medicine for themselves. Hi, and welcome back. Today, I have a special guest, Dr. Vandana Aluwalia, who is a practicing rheumatologist. She is the past chief of rheumatology at the William Osler Health System in Ontario and past president of the Ontario and Canadian Rheumatology Associations. Um, We are going to be finding out all about um, the experience of medicine that you were um, having before you started looking for solutions. So welcome, and you are welcome to introduce yourself. Thank you very much, Sarah, for having me today. And um, I'm uh, really interested in letting my colleagues, other physicians, understand how I have changed my practice with the introduction of a um, scribe. So I'm really excited that we're going to chat about that today uh, and all about the interesting aspects of it and how other physicians will be able to use some of the experiences that I have learned to um, introduce a scribe into their practice. Perfect. Oh, I love this. So what was happening in medicine for you that really made you pause and and say, this isn't what I want or what is not going well? So tell us what was going on. What was the before picture? So the interesting thing about the before picture is that I have done a lot of work in uh, models of care. So trying to introduce allied health professionals into um, taking, you know, patient care to the next level, you know, making sure that we're getting good quality patient care and efficient and accessible patient care. So I've done a lot of work in models of care. I've um, been working with allied health professionals, physiotherapists, occupational therapists, nurses, and so forth that we have introduced into our group practices. And they have made a world of difference Mm -hmm. in terms of accessibility to care, especially for those patients who have an inflammatory rheumatic disease that requires early access so they can get onto treatment quicker. Mm-hmm. So as a result of increasing demand for rheumatic diseases uh, treatment, uh, we are an underserviced uh, specialty in general. Uh, we were trying to ensure that we see as many patients as possible, but the documentation is started, was starting to get a little bit more tedious. Now, about 10 years ago, I um, introduced uh, the electronic medical record to all of the rheumatologists in Ontario, and we actually built tools into the EMR uh, to ensure that we could document patient care efficiently. Now, I being a super user, because I built all those tools in the EMRs, I worked with the EMR companies, because out-of-the-box EMRs are generally for family practice, so we had to build them for rheumatology. We had the highest rate of EMR adoption in 
the province. We had 93% EMR adoption by rheumatologists because we built all the tools. But even me being a super user, I still couldn't get the paperwork done every day, you know? So it was carrying on to the next day. It was carrying on to the evenings and weekends and things like that. And I said, well, I really want to take care of my patients the best way possible, but I'm not able to do that. And I had little little stickies that were (laughs) taken home. And I was like, and if I didn't get it to it that day, oh my God, the next day I would not remember all the details. Although I did know my patients quite well, so I could come up with something, but I don't think it was the right thing to do. So I was uh, speaking with a friend of mine and we were chatting and she says, you know what, if something, if you wanted to make something better in your life, what would you want to do? And I think I said, I think I need a scribe. I've heard about those in the U.S. They use them in the emergency department. They use them in multiple practices. When I've gone to conferences in the U.S. and spoken with U.S. rheumatologists, they they have been using scribes for years now. And so maybe that's something that I need to do. And so we worked on finding somebody. Uh, we found a fellow who was interested in, um, you know, learning more about medical medical practice. He uh, had a master's in cell biology and came to my office one day and I said, this is what I need. Let's do it. And so he's been with me for three years and I've trained him from scratch because there's really no training programs in Canada. And I didn't really know where to start. I said, this is what needs to be done. Let's do it. And we've carried on that process. And then over the last couple of years, we've trained other scribes for other physicians in our practice. And um, it's been a really rewarding experience because at the end of the day, my notes are done and they are done contemporaneously. Mm -hmm. You know, when I see the patient, the scribes goes into the room with me and he records all of the information and I'm able to do face-to-face clinical care. Mm -hmm. I'm able to examine the patients and, you know, call out the joints that are uh, tender or swollen, he records them on the forms. And, um, and then um, the patient is very satisfied. They are seen on time. I'm not, you know, uh, documenting in between the patients, which every five minutes added on to that visit, of mm-hmm. course, causes delays in the morning and the afternoon. And um, patients are seen on time. They're very happy. We get face-to-face sort of like um, clinical care, documentations at the end, family physicians and other referring physicians are happy. They're getting notes in a timely fashion and I can go home and enjoy my life. Wow. Enjoying your life. This is exactly what we're all about here is creating those sustainable practices that help you do your job um, in a way that helps you have a life outside of medicine and even maybe enjoy staying around in medicine maybe a bit longer than you might have otherwise if you're still having a terrible time. Okay. Was there anything else you thought of as a solution before you went with the scribe? Is there anything you had tried prior to that or did you, that's where you went? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, you know what, in terms of um, the electronic medical record, I think it is a fantastic introduction to clinical care. I, I don't disagree with that, but the problem is that the EMRs, we learn how the EMR works. It does not learn how we want to work. Mm -hmm. And they aren't necessarily built by physicians for physicians. You know what I mean? So um, we had to do a lot of work to get the EMR even up to speed in rheumatology. But again, the documentation issue was becoming more of a burden. Um, And I think I had done everything I possibly could before that. Um, And the next level was to have support in terms of documentation. 
Yeah. Okay. So you tried to optimize the EMR. When you were back on paper, were you getting your documentation done easier? And more time? So I think on paper, I think it was a little bit different because I think that we didn't always communicate as effectively with referring physicians or family doctors. We used to make our own personal notes. They were probably not as comprehensive as we do with the EMR. Um, I think the EMR has taken us to a second level, a, a higher level in terms of quality patient care. We have better documentation and that data entry, I think was necessary to improve upon that. And therefore um, it was becoming more cumbersome. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Puts another layer to the physician's day, right. definitely. Okay, um, what were the obstacles to this scribe in your practice? Like your patients aren't used to this person. You've got someone in the room with you. Um, they've presumably got hold of your computer now in the room. So tell us some of that um, initial uh, obstacles that you were experiencing about this. So that's a very interesting question because we thought, you know, how do we introduce this extra person in the room? You know, we've had patients who have seen our nurses and allied health professionals and things like that in triage and for some clinical trials that we've been doing and things like that. So it's not that it was completely new to them, but this actual person and the role that they played was definitely new. So we decided that we were going to do a study. We started off kind of getting an idea of how this would work because we had no idea how this was going to pan out. Was it going to work? Was it not going to work? Um, were, how we were going to change how we did things and so forth. So we introduced him as a student who mm -hmm. was learning about rheumatology and uh, was taking notes. And, and we were studying this process and um, we informed the patients every time we went in who this person was and what they were going to be doing. And they had all the confidentiality of patient privacy that they would be expecting from me as well. And then um, as time went on and the patients got used to it, we also posted in the room. So when the patients were waiting in the room, we also posted that um, this person was a scribe and will be assisting Dr. Alwalia just as she has other assistants in the office. Um, he is also part of the team. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they, you know what, when the scribe wasn't there, for whatever reason, they would be asking, you know, where is the scribe today? oh, no, he's not well, or he's on vacation or something like that. He says, oh, well, and sometimes they speak with him. They're not, the scribe don't interact with the patients, but if the patient asks them, you know, how are you doing? They, they say, I'm doing well and things like that. And so um, they, they welcome that because they see how it's changed my practice. You know, I've had patients, I've been in practice for more than 25 years. Mm -hmm. And some of the patients I've had for that long, and they uh, really um, notice the difference in terms of patients being seen on, on time. There was no waits. There was face-to-face -face communication. There was better quality care. I said, this has improved the care that we're delivering for you. And I think they've noticed that. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, one of the big questions is going to be affordability. So I know that that is something that comes up when people are talking about scribes. So tell us if um, what, what you're comfortable with about that piece of it. So I think there's two things you have to think about. One is um, affordability in terms of practice overhead, because anytime you add another staff member to your team, it's going to cost you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's either going to cost you monetarily mm -hmm. or 
perhaps it's going to improve your quality of life, right? So you can take it two ways. Um, You know, uh, sometimes the improvement in the quality of life is a priceless thing, right? (laughs) So you can't really put a price tag on that. So that's one option. And that's one of the options that I have, um, you know, really thought about is at this point in my career, I do want to have more sustainable career. Perhaps I could be able to work for longer if I did have this support. Um, And also I would be able to do some of the other things that I want to do, right? So then... The question most people have is if they're early or mid-career, what is the return on my investment? Yes. Right? So for example, let's say if you have a nine to five clinic day and you say, well, I am, I can see patients between nine and three because I have two hours of paperwork. So if I don't want to go home and do paperwork in evenings and weekends, I've got to do it in my daytime hours. Mm-hmm. So I've got two hours of paperwork, which I'm not paid for, right? I mean, it's all part of the patient assessment and, and clinical care and so forth. So that means I can't see patients for those two hours. I have to finish at three, okay? So let's say that you have somebody helping you document. Well, let's say you can go till four o'clock. You have an extra hour of patient care. You've reduced your wait list. You've seen those urgent patients that need to be seen, uh, you know, same day or next day. You've um, increased your accessibility for your patients. Um, You've got all the notes done. You have one hour of paperwork because you have got to review the notes that the scribe's done. You've already made an extra hour's worth of money, right? You, most of the times, that extra hour will allow you to pay for the scribe and then some. Right. Okay. Yep. So when we're looking at return of investment, we're looking at what am I able to achieve within my day that's different to what I'm doing now, or what am I gaining on the back end with regards to my life back? Got it. Love it. So we're getting at that from both angles. Mm-hmm. So you said that the process for training your scribe took a, a good chunk of time because this was not something available to you in Canada. You hadn't seen it modeled before in Canada. What did that process actually look like? How did you start this process yeah. with your scribe? So we kind of muddled through mm-hmm. <laughs> at the beginning. And basically what happened was I said, you know what? Here are some medical student videos, training videos. You know, the ones that we use for medical students training rheumatology and things like that. Here is the primer of rheumatology. These are some of the common conditions. There are probably eight to 10 common conditions, some other rare ones, but we can work through those. Um, and and you need to know about them. So did some background reading. He saw the, the examination maneuvers. He saw the medical terminology all that sort of stuff from those training videos because we had been doing medical student education and and, uh, family practice education for many years now. And some of the other doctors in our practice have been doing that. And I've done that in the past. So we had some of those resources. So we worked through with that. And then as time went on at the beginning, we used to spend a couple of hours reviewing the notes and he would learn. So we would review the notes and then he would he would make the changes. And so for the next time, he would know uh, what to do differently and so forth. So I think that that was a long process, six months to a year. And we're still refining, 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 you know, at this point in time. It's been about three years. Mm-hmm. So what happened was a um, the other physicians in my office says, you know what, you have a scribe and it looks like it's working really well. We want a scribe. And I said, okay. So happened to come to me that somebody's um, son was looking for a job and um, we said, we have a a job for a scribe. So he, um, 
joined us and my scribe trained him. But then we realized that he only stayed for about eight months or nine months. Uh, he got into medical school. And so we hired another scribe. She's also going to be here with us for eight to 12 months and so forth. So the turnover is right. one to two years. So we said, you know, my scribe can't necessarily train everybody in a standardized fashion. We don't have evaluations. We don't have, you know, quizzes and audio scenarios and things like that for them to do and so forth. He can train them on the EMR. He can train them on some of the common clinical scenarios, but we need to have a training program. So I hired a student and uh, she's been uh, creating a training program and that training program is going to be more standardized. So we'll have a scribe handbook, which we can, you know, you can purchase those online. They've already been published. It's got the anatomy. It's got the medical terminology, but it doesn't have rheumatology specific stuff. We can add that to that. We need medical terminology courses. We need uh, those clinical scenarios uh, specific to rheumatology, but it can be done for any specialty. All you need is the five to 10 common clinical scenarios that they're going to have to scribe. You put it into some... Um, patient-doctor interaction that they listen to, and then they record it. And that, I think, will be an excellent jump start. Mm -hmm. I'm just getting some feedback from our third scribe now in terms of what she thought she would have benefited from at the very beginning. And so we're going to incorporate that into the training program. Because if we can get them up and running in about three months, we're not saying everything's going to be perfect, but yeah. it's going to be 80%, which is really good because the doctor can fill in some of the details of complex cases. So um, if we can get them to 80% in three months, that's really going to help in terms of turnover and so forth. Yeah. So I think, I think that's uh, my plan moving forward. Perfect. Okay. So we've got this, um, it takes a long time, but we now understand what is required. You're building an asset for both your business, but it sounds like it's moving beyond just you in your team that you're actually creating a resource and an asset for potentially other physicians within Canada as well. So exciting. <laughs> we do, um, uh, when we're within the charting champions program, we, we let physicians figure out their own ways to get home with everything done. What, um, so the scribe is obviously documenting what's happening within the encounter. What are you as a physician still needing to do within the electronic medical record to complete this encounter? Like things like prescribing or order sets, uh, imaging, what, what are you giving to your scribe? What do you keep for you? So the scribe just does the documentation. Okay. I do everything else. Okay. So at the time of the visit, if there's lab recs, uh, imaging requisitions, referrals to the arthritis society, referrals to other um, physicians and so forth, I try to do most of it mm -hmm. within the clinical encounter if I can. Now, there are some things that I will have to do later. Um, ordering specialized drugs such as biologics. Sometimes it takes a little bit more time, which I have to do outside of the clinical encounter, but I can do it after I've seen the patient. In addition, at the end of the day, uh, referrals um, will need to be made. And so that takes a little bit more time to think about exactly what needs to be done for that. And of course, you know, you have to review your laboratory results. You have to review your other documentations. You've got other tasks to do in the EMR. So the day is not completely done. But the thing was that that contemporaneous documentation is done because some of that, if that gets left behind, I think that is more of a liability, right? 
And um, I think that the other things, an hour extra at home is still spent doing some of those other things. So, you know, it doesn't completely end, but I still have another hour between five and six that I can do some of those tasks. Um, but there's still more work to be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, we know that the the rest of today's work is the the other part of what we're doing within our clinical day. We've got patients, we've got the documentation, then we have everything else. Is Have you now that you've got the documentation under control, <clears throat> found a good solution that's working for you, comfortable in that area, have you had a time or opportunity to look at other systems and processes about your day, maybe your inbox, maybe your referral system, maybe your triage system, where you're using your team differently than maybe how you had when you first started using the EMR? So anything else that's helping you within your clinic? Yeah, so my medical office administrator is is very good. She um, and um, we, at the end of the day, we go through all of her um, messages, all of her uh, calls that she gets for prescription renewals, all of the things that she has to report back to me on and so forth. So we spend another about half an hour, not every day, but every other day to make mm-hmm. sure that those things are done efficiently. Uh, so they don't get waylaid, right? So because sometimes, you know, um, we do get phone calls and and we don't necessarily answer them in a timely fashion. So that's how we've managed that is to mm-hmm. make sure all of those calls are made. And she makes those calls either the same day or the next morning to ensure that that is all done. Perfect. Yeah. So this is the um, the batching of those interruptions, because obviously if you were getting those questions throughout the day, that is going to add that multitasking and compounding minutes and seconds to our day. So from your point of view, you have decided, I want you to collect all of them up. Like this is a conversation, presumably, that you had with her. Did you have a bit of trial and error how that would work for you? So she actually... Um felt that that was the best way to do it. And because you know what? She can compile everything. Yes. Uh, As the day went on, she would compile all that information. At the end of the day, she would report back to me. We would take care of it. And actually she found that if she, you know, if she was to um, answer all the patient's questions or any of of the other uh, questions that she may have, on a timely basis, she doesn't get a phone call back again. She doesn't get a second message. She doesn't, you know what I mean? And also she's very effective because she answers the phone every day when phone calls come in. You know what I mean? She doesn't let them go to voicemail and things like that. She says, that just adds to my day, right? I'll have to do that work at lunchtime or, or, you know, at the end of the day. So I don't want to do that. I'm going to answer the phone call right away. And sometimes patients are calling to change appointments or sometimes they're calling to cancel appointment or sometimes they want an appointment. And if she has an appointment today, she can give it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is beyond just the physician. We're now thinking about how is our team helping towards that commonality of goal with regards to patient care access, the important pieces that you said at the very beginning that we as a team are moving forward to help our patients. So this is super, super good. Okay. Do you have any tips, tricks, or take-home messages for the physicians or allied health Uh, who are listening to this saying, hmm, this is interesting. I'm not sure if it's for me, but I'm curious. What would you say to them? I think it's, um, it's important to decide what you think you need in terms of, um, 
making your offer office as efficient as possible so that you can, what I say, have a life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, you know, there are many different ways that physicians work and there are many different um, solutions that you may be looking for. A scribe is just one of those solutions. And I, I think that, you know, sometimes we're afraid to try something and, and, and sometimes we're too busy to try something. So this did take a lot of effort, but I think in the end, I w- I'm very, um, you know, happy that it has worked out for me uh, and it has worked out for some of my colleagues because I was able to help them as well. And, and I think it's just a matter of trial and error over time. And we call those the, the PDSA sort of like um, processes and things like that. And, and don't be afraid to do something different because I think that's, that's what we, change is difficult and change is hard and change, change takes time and effort. But I, I just want to say that it's certainly possible. Yeah, possible. And just keeping that goal in mind so that if there's some fails along the way, we're not losing sight of what we're desiring. And I think for you, I was hearing that I just want to be home. I don't want this carrying on. I want better patient care by having that contemporary contemporary note captured. Perfect. Where can people find you if they're interested in what you're doing with regards to scribe training or other contacts that you may have that is helpful to them? So they can find me through LinkedIn because mm-hmm. I am on LinkedIn. Um, I'm happy to provide an email address yep. that will allow them to contact me directly. And, um, I've had many people over the last few years, uh, contact me and we've had discussions around how they could incorporate such a new, uh, team member role in their practice. And, um, and hopefully they will gain some insights into what they want to do. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Do you have anything, last questions or things I didn't cover that you were wanting to tell people about? I think that um, I probably incorporated this role into my practice a little bit later in my career. And I would probably highly suggest you think about doing it earlier. Now, if you are very early in your career, like we have a new physician who has joined our group uh, of rheumatologists. And I said to her, I said, you know what? It's too early for you to have a scribe because you're still thinking about how you want to practice. You don't really know what you want and what you need and stuff like that. So after a couple of years, that's when I think is a good time to think about incorporating a scribe. Because again, you're also thinking about return on investment. You're also thinking about, you know, your finances and things like that. So it's probably a sort of um, after five years or mid-career type of thing that you might think about uh, this uh, sort of process and stuff like that. Um, But at any time, I think it's still great. And even in those physicians who are later in their career, perhaps they can extend their career by, um, you know, improving their work-life balance and reducing their physician burnout. Love it. Thank you very much. Okay. So I'm just going to get you to tell us where you are on LinkedIn. How do we find you there? So you can find me through my first and last name, and that is uh, Vandana Alawalia. That's V-A-N-D-A-N-A-A-H-L-U-W-A-L-I-A. Perfect. And we will also have that little um, 
information located where you find us, where we post on social media and on my email alert each week uh, when we post the new podcast. Thank you so very much for coming today. We have learned so much about having scribes and I will catch you all on the next um, podcast. Thank you for being part of the Sustainable Clinical Medicine podcast. If you'd like to learn more or join us to help you get home with today's work done, go to chartingcoach.ca. There you'll find all the information on the premier lifetime access charting champions program that is helping physicians get home with today's work done with all the proven tools, support and community you need to create time for your life outside of medicine. We would love to see you there. Until next time, thanks for listening.